WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download that free local news app today. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Michigan could soon be the next state to ban cell phone use while driving. A state house committee this morning heard testimony on a package of bills that Representative Matt Colazar of Plymouth says will update the current law to ban drivers from going on social media or using video streaming while behind the wheel. All Michigan has right now says you cannot text while drive, but as which in the spirit of the law when it was first uh, passed made sense, but technology has just passed the law by. Colazar says about 3,000 people die as a result of distracted driving each year. 25 other states currently have distracted driving laws on the books. Berrien County is under a fire weather watch through the end of tomorrow. National Weather Service meteorologist Mark Steinweddle tells us fire watches are issued when humidity is low, wind gusts are high, and temperatures are high. That can create prime conditions for fire growth. It looks like mainly Wednesday afternoon is that window where you get those warm temperatures, really dry conditions, and those gusty winds at 30 to sort of just bring a pause on burning. Steinwendel says local fire departments may decide whether to issue burn permits based on the status like a fire weather watch. It's actually recommended not to burn if you don't have to because they can grow out of control and spread. Steinwendel says the winds will die down on Thursday. Some colder temperatures are also expected to return heading into next week. He says enjoy the weather while you can and don't do any outdoor burning tomorrow. St. Joseph City Commissioners have accepted a $1.4 million state grant for the upcoming Upton Drive reconstruction project. At a meeting last night, City Engineer Tim Z. Bell told commissioners the state TEDF grant was originally $1 million, but some help from Abenmarsh got that up to $1.4 million. Of course, Zebel told us the overall project will be about $7.5 million. What we're looking at now is $1.4 million in TEDF, Transportation and Economic Development Grant Funding. Uh, that's for roads and drainage. We have $1.3 million in DWSRF, that's Drinking Water Low Interest Loan, with some grant monies assigned to that. And then $1.1 million in CWSRF, that's for the sewer side of things. So grant-wise and low interest loans, we're at $3.8 million, leaving the city's share at $3.7 million. Seabell says the work will rebuild Upton Drive from Momany Drive to the St. Joe River and also involve the replacement of a sewer line under the river. Increased costs have complicated things, and the city has to assess soil contamination on neighboring properties before proceeding. Still, the plan is to open bids in June and start the construction in September. The city of St. Joseph is working with a consultant out of Traverse City to install wayfinding signs around the community so visitors can more easily find their way to attractions. St. Joe Assistant City Manager Emily Hackworth tells us a Corbin Design has already been to town to look around with local planners. So they're going to start doing designs. They plan to be back here sometime in June. We'll set the date hopefully very soon so that they can bring us some preliminary designs. We'll share it with stakeholders, businesses, the public to get feedback, and they'll continue to make tweaks and work on something that really feels like it's a fit for us. Hackworth says a meeting this month got the public's thoughts on what attractions should be featured in the signs and how the signs should reflect the community. They don't want the signs to be generic. Another goal is to route visitors correctly so they don't cause traffic problems. The wayfinding efforts being led by the Downtown Development Authority and is intended to guide people to downtown area attractions, but signs could be posted all over the city. Lakeshore High School Principal Jeff Yaukstetter and Assistant Superintendent Curriculum Director Julie Powell will both be leaving the district at the end of the school year. 
The school board president, Rachel Wade, spoke last night about what both have meant to the district in their nearly 30 years of combined Lakeshore experience. Julie, you've done important things here, especially in the last few years as districts (laughs) around us have struggled and often gone without filling key teaching positions. Lakeshore hasn't had that. And Jeff, you've helped empower students to play an active role, not only in their own education, but also in the life of the community and the world around them. It's obvious that you care about them and their success very deeply. Yawkstetter will take on a new role at Berrien Springs High School while Powell moves on to a position at Ball State University. You can find the full story at our website. The Michigan Department of Health and Human Services is calling on all Michiganders to be more aware of the risks of sexually transmitted infections. Department Head Chief Medical Executive Natasha Bagdasarian tells us while chlamydia and gonorrhea are the most common STIs in the state, There's been an alarming trend lately concerning syphilis. We are seeing more heterosexual men and women accounting for our syphilis infections. And in fact, cases among women have increased. They were 8% of cases in 2016 to 21% of cases in 2022. Magdasarian says that means some babies are also being exposed to syphilis in utero. She thinks the reason for the increase in infections is that people are unaware of the threat posed by syphilis, perhaps believing it's no longer a problem. In general, she says uh, people have gotten screened less for STIs since the pandemic. She says you can start with your doctor or local health department to get tested for a whole range of STIs. Set for April 22nd is an Earth Day cleanup event at Gene Clock Park in Benton Harbor. Carol Drake with the Friends of Gene Clock Park tells us everyone's invited to come and help pick up trash in coordination with the Alliance for the Great Lakes Adopt-A-Beach program. Drake says that she's been holding local events since 2004 with volunteers collecting thousands of unnatural items from the beach. She says it's interesting to watch the trends. Well, we find a lot of interesting items, but probably the most interesting item to me were the nurdles that washed up several years ago, which are small pellets of plastic that are used for injection molds for plastic. And they're just tiny little beads in all different colors. And once they washed up, they have been here forever, and we continue to find hundreds and hundreds of them every year. Each year, thousands of volunteers take part in cleanups across all five Great Lakes. Drake says the event at Gene Clock Park will run from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. on the 22nd and is the first they've been able to have since 2019. Those who take part will record what they collect so it can be reported to the Alliance for the Great Lakes. We'll have a link for signing up at our website. Be sure to bring gloves if you go. And a crowdfunding campaign to support the development of a new public space in downtown Bridgman has reached its goal. The Greater Bridgman Area Chamber and Growth Alliance started raising $50,000 for the Bridgman Courtyard, a space on Lake Street, last month. The group's Tara Heiser told us the courtyard started during COVID as a safe space for people to gather and has grown since then. The plan now is to add a wooden pergola structure with bistro lights and a new electrical source for events. We'll be pouring all new concrete because the structure needs to be pretty far deep into the ground to ensure its safety and longevity. With that, once the concrete is poured, the high school art students are going to come in and they're currently designing a rug mural for the ground that will really help define the space and make it look more like an outdoor room. Heiser says the Michigan Economic Development Corporation will match the $50,000 raised by the crowdfunding campaign through its Public Spaces Community Places grant program, making this a more than $100,000 project. The campaign raised $53,000 with a total of 154 donors. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. 
Manhattan District Attorney Elvin Bragg has sued Congressman Jim Jordan to stop House Republicans from investigating the criminal prosecution of former President Donald Trump. More from ABC's Aaron Katursky. Describing a transparent campaign to intimidate and attack him, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg sought to stop House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan from issuing subpoenas as part of a House Republican investigation into the criminal prosecution of former President Trump. Bragg said Congress has no power to supervise state criminal prosecutions, and its lawsuit accused Jordan of trying to interfere. Jordan has announced plans to hold a hearing next week here in New York about what he called Bragg's pro-crime policies. Bragg's lawsuit accused Jordan of launching a campaign of intimidation, retaliation, and obstruction. Aaron Katursky, ABC News, New York. Police say the shooter who opened fire at a Louisville bank legally bought the weapon a week ago. Louisville Metro Police Department Chief Jacqueline Gwynn Verowell said at a Tuesday news conference, bank employee Connor Sturgeon bought the AR-15 from a local dealership April 4th. She also said officers' body camera video from the shooting would be released today. Armed with a rifle, Sturgeon killed five people, including a close friend of Kentucky's governor, while live-streaming the attack on Instagram. Another eight people were wounded. President Biden will be in Northern Ireland to mark 25 years since the U.S. brokered accord to end generations of sectarian discord there. ABC's Karen Travers has more from Belfast. The trip, of course, is coming at the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement. And the White House says it was important for him to come over here and mark this anniversary and show that the United States is willing to work with Northern Ireland for economic opportunity and show that they are here to continue that commitment for peace as well as economic ties. Now to the latest on Russia's war in Ukraine. ABC News has learned that U.S. intelligence have determined Ukraine's highly anticipated spring offensive may not lead to the territorial gains seen in past counteroffensives. That conclusion is among the bombshells revealed in an apparent leak of Pentagon documents discovered last week. More from ABC's Justin Finch. A U.S. official confirms with ABC News that a classified National Intelligence Council assessment concluded Ukraine's plans to reclaim territory in a spring offensive may yield limited success. The official also confirming that NIC assessment was recently shared in a select congressional briefing. The findings are in line with those detailed in the Washington Post reporting of a similar assessment from the Director of National Intelligence, which appears to be among that apparent leak of classified and top-secret documents discovered online late last week. Justin Finch, ABC News, Washington. A fight is developing in Florida's legislature over a measure that would allow fire stations and hospitals to install boxes where distressed mothers could leave their unwanted newborns. The Indiana-based group Safe Haven Baby Boxes is pushing the measure. It passed the House recently and is now before the Senate, where there's an attempt to block it. The group says the boxes would give an extra layer of anonymity to mothers who desire it, but no agency would be required to install them. Florida already allows parents to hand over newborns to firefighters and hospital workers. Opponents say the law works as it is and that the boxes are costly and dangerous. The vote could happen this week. A notorious Silicon Valley fraudster must report to prison later this month. That's after a judge denied her appeal. More from ABC's Brian Clark. A district judge in California denied a request from Elizabeth Holmes to remain free from custody pending an appeal of her convictions for conspiracy and fraud related to her now defunct blood testing company, Theranos. The one-time Silicon Valley star is set to begin her 11-year prison sentence April 27th. The judge said that while Holmes is not a flight risk, she did not successfully present new evidence. The former chief operating officer of Theranos Sonny Balwani is set to begin serving a nearly 13-year sentence later this month. Brian Clark, ABC News. 
and saying that she's ready to share the unfathomable experience of being arrested and incarcerated in Russia. Basketball star Brittany Griner is working on a memoir that's scheduled for release in spring of 2024. Griner was arrested last year at the airport in Moscow on drug-related charges and detained for nearly 10 months, much of that time in prison. Her plight unfolded at the same time that Russia invaded Ukraine and further heightened tensions between Russia and the U.S., ending only after she was freed in exchange for the notorious Russian arms dealer. Griner's memoir is currently untitled and will eventually be published in a young adult edition. Financial terms were not disclosed. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.